Manhunt. The case of the clue in the column that led to Manhunt. No crime has been committed yet. No murder has been done yet. No manhunt has begun yet. This is really a deserted street. What with the dim art and all, I'd be scared stiff if you didn't happen to come along just now. You know, only an inside tip on a story could bring me down in this section of town. Tell me, what brought you down here? Uh, oh, what's that you're holding? No. 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 <laughs> Your victim is dead. Murdered. Safely out of the way. And you've escaped. So far. But the men who track down murderers are relentless. And if you've made one slip, they'll find you at the end of their manhunt. Manhunt and the case of the clue in the column. That's the way we found her, Sergeant. Lying in the gutter with her throat cut. And this knife next to her. It's set to happen on my night off. I'll kill that murderer when I catch him. <laughs> Saving the state money, huh, Bill? Saving the state money, he says. Look, Drew, go run along home, both of you, huh? Uh, I'm staying. I'm staying, she says. Uh, beat it, Drew. You and your secretary both. I'll bring the knife and whatever else we find to your laboratory in the morning. I gotta find out who this dame is now. You mean was. Is, was. What's the difference? I gotta identify her. Well, I'll save you the trouble, Bill. She is... She was. Yeah, that's right. She was Alice Jennison. She wrote a gossip column on the Globe. Huh? Had a picture at the top of it. And if you want a lead, Bill, there was a big romance between her and Joe Andrews, her managing editor. Hmm, Joe Andrews, huh? Uh-huh. They gotta locate him right now. Thanks, Drew. You're a big help. Sometimes. Sergeant Martin, there's been another murder. Another murder, he says. What is this, an epidemic? Who got it this time? We found the body down the street. A man there stabbed to death. Well, I guess I'll have to wait a while before seeing my Mr. Joe Andrews. I don't know about that. There was a card in the dead man's pocket. His name is Joe Andrews. Drew, take your eye out of that magnifying glass, will you? I like to have people look at me when they're talking to me. Well, all right. It's tough, but I'll look at you. There. Now, what are you up to? Well, I just checked the fingerprints on the knife we found next to Alice Jennison's body, and I can identify them. Oh, good. Then we can get the murderer. No, no, no. I don't think so. The man whose print is on the knife that killed Alice Jennison was Joe Andrews, and he was killed a half hour before she was. Mr. Andrews' office was that one, straight ahead. But you'll find George Axton in the Thanks very much. Come on, Pat. I'm coming. Oh, this must be it. I beg your pardon. Are you George Axton? Yes, won't you come in? Thank you. I'm Drew Stevens. This is Pat O'Connor. How do you do? We're from the police. After 20 years on this paper, I thought I knew everybody in the homicide department. Well, we're not homicide. I'm in charge of the police lab. This is practically an unofficial visit. Oh, it doesn't matter. Anything I can do to help, count me in. Good. Are you managing editor now, Mr. Axton? Oh, this job isn't for me. I'm strictly a copy reader on the city desk. I'm just filling in now. Uh, what can I do to help? Well, I don't know exactly. 
But first, though, you can tell me if either Miss Jennison or Mr. Andrews had any enemies. Andrews, no, but the girl had a million of them. Uh-huh. And made more every day with her column. She was a wonderful reporter, Mr. Stevens. She wrote the stuff folks like to read, but she hurt lots of people. Well, her column didn't appear in today's paper. It never was finished. She started it, was called out on the phone, and never came back. Say, I, I wonder if I could see the copy she wrote before she left. Certainly. She always turned a copy into me. And here it is. Just three items on the page, though. Oh, thanks. Oh, I see. I uh, don't want to read over your shoulder, Drew. Read them out loud. Oh, oh all right. Here they are. First one is... Who is the chorus cutie that George Mallory, the big stocks and blondes man, will back in a new show? Oh, that's cute. Uh The second says, Tommy Day, the tap dancer, ought to take a tip and stop tapping at the door of a certain social registrite's Park Avenue apartment. Our fiancé is due back home soon. Mm -hmm. And uh, what's the third item? Mm, Nothing important. No names. Something about the Japanese government having paid propaganda agents in this country. Everybody knows that. Those things you read are the kind of items Alice printed every day. Yes, I know. Well, I think I'll follow through on them, though. Thanks for the help, Axton. Nothing at all, I assure you. Oh, oh, by the way, where were you at midnight last night? Here? No, I wasn't. I'd been here, but I generally managed to make a movie about that time. We don't put the paper to bed until 3 a.m., and I've got some time off. Well, this is by no means an official inquiry. I'm in charge of the police laboratory, and... Really no no right to ask questions, but, well, can you prove you were in the movies? Well, it was the Rex Theater, and I saw the Jimmy Cagney picture that Dorman might remember me. I asked him what time the feature went on. I wanted to be sure I could see it and be back in time. I see. Thanks a lot. Where to now, Drew? Well, you go see the stockbroker, George Mallory, Uh and I'll see the tap dancer Alice Jennison wrote about. Then meet me at the Star Theater. And what are you going to be doing while I'm down at Wall Street? I think I could answer that, Miss O'Connor. I think Mr. Stevens is going to check my, shall I say, alibi. I'm sure you should say alibi. That's exactly what I would do, only I don't have to. You see, Bill Morton said he's already checked it. He talked to the doorman and found out you were there. So, Mr. Axton, it looks like you're in the clear. Of course I know she's dead, Miss O'Connor. I read the papers. What difference does it make to me? Did you know she was going to print something about you in today's paper, Mr. Mallory? She printed something about me every other week. Now, if you don't mind, I'm busy. Uh, Just one more question. Where were you at midnight last night? (laughs) Miss O'Connor, only a cad would answer that question. Goodbye. Come in, come in. Well, what is it? Hey, that's quite a fed of stair stuff you're doing there. Uh, sorry to interrupt, Mr. Day, but I'm from the police. Uh, police, huh? Come in, won't you? I was just working out a new routine. What is it? Oh, just a few questions. Did you know Alice Jennison was going to print an item about you in today's Globe? Yeah, yeah, I knew it. In fact, I gave her the item. You gave her the story? Well, sure. When I give a good item, she gives me plugs in the column. Oh, I see. Besides, I want to get rid of that society, Dan. If that thing got printed, it would have given me a good out. Anything else? No, no, I don't think so. Okay, but excuse me, Zen. I still got this new routine to work out. Yeah, I get it. Thanks, anyhow. Goodbye. I've been waiting for you, Drew. Oh, let's get out in the air, kid. I could use some of that fresh stuff. Yeah, this door leads to the street, I hope. Duck, Pat, duck down. 
You all right, Pat? Uh-huh. But this hat will never be the same. Did you have to push me down head first? Well, the hat would look worse with a bullet hole in it, Junior. Oh, you think those shots were for us? I know it. And it makes me very happy. Oh, someday I'll buy you a shotgun and give you a wonderful time. Pat, when the murderer comes out in the open that way, it means we're getting close to him. And he's a little scared. You know something, Drew? Huh? Keep this confidential. But so am I. What have we got so far, Drew? Three suspects, two murderers, and one headache. Make that two headaches. Make that three. Well, we don't have to solve this case tonight, and they've got a preview of the new Fred Astaire picture at the Rialto. Preview, she says they got. We got a murder. He says murder, he says. Pat, stop I... it, will you? How did you know there was a preview? Oh, a friend of mine works at Acme Pictures. She told me. It's a secret sneak preview. They've been holding them all over town this week. So what? So maybe we get a break. Pat, get your friend on the phone and hold your breath while you ask her two questions. What two? Ask her whether the Astaire picture was previewed at some other theater last night. Uh-huh. And whether in the movie, Fred Astaire does a solo tap dance routine that can be copied. Now get on the phone. We need a favor, Mr. Axton. That's the reason we asked you down here. Oh, I told you you could count me in on anything. We want you to confess to the murder of Alice Jennison and Joe Andrews. Confess? Oh, you mean as a sort of decoy to draw the real murderer out in the open? Yes, it'll draw the real murderer out in the open, all right. We know you killed them both. You know too much, but you won't know it long. This time I'm too close to miss you with this gun. Now, copper. Uh, uh. Too close for him to miss, he says. Too close for me to miss, too. I got him in the arm. I hope. I want this bird to burn. Well, he'll burn all right. Take him, Bill. George Axton was just dumb enough to go to too many movies and not see enough pictures. No, of course, I'm dying of curiosity. Oh, uh-huh, yeah, I know. Well? Oh, all right. You see, Axton killed Joe Andrews wearing gloves so that his own fingerprints wouldn't show. And then he took the prints from Andrews' dead fingers. He then knifed Alice, but somebody came along, and he had to drop the knife right there and run. What was Andrews doing down in the slums, and how did Axton know that Alice Jennison would be there? Well, they were there because Axton, disguising his voice, had phoned them and claimed to have a terrific news story for them if they'd meet him. But why did Axton kill them? Well, you remember the third item in the column, uh-huh. the one we sloughed off about the Japanese having paid propaganda agents in this country? Yeah. Well, Axton was one of them. Oh. The FBI confirmed it this morning. You see, Axton didn't know how much Alice knew or how much she had told Andrews, and he wasn't taking any chances. So he killed them both. Oh, only one thing more. Uh-huh. How did you know about Axton? Oh, it was easy. Axton says he saw the Cagney picture at the Rex Theater at 11.30 that night. The doorman confirmed the fact that he was there. But that night, at that time, and at that theater, they were holding a preview of the Fred Astaire picture. Axton had seen the Cagney film the night before and showed up again at 11.30 the following night to plant an alibi. He went in a theater and out through a side door immediately. You see? I see. So as far as the doorman was concerned, Axton stayed for two hours and saw the show. Sure. Well, to wind this thing up, if Axton said he saw Jimmy Cagney when Fred Astaire was playing, it was pretty obvious he was covering up. See? Yes, I see. And you know, Drew, I've heard people say they could die just watching Fred Astaire dance. And George Axton is going to die because he didn't stay to watch just that. Manhunt. The story of the clueless crime that led to Manhunt. No crime has been committed yet. No murder 
has been done. Yet, no manhunt has begun. Yet. Put down that gun. You can't shoot me in cold blood. Don't just stand there staring at me. Please, please, I'll, I'll give you anything I have. You'll be rich. Please, just put that gun down and tell me what you want. You can't give me the one thing I want, Barton. You see, I want your life. And I've taken it. You've killed a man, murderer. You've killed and you've escaped without a trace. Or have you? Who will know you killed Ralph Barton? Who will start the manhunt? Manhunt and the clueless crime. Drew Stevens speaking. Uh, Drew, this is Bill Morton. I need help. What are you doing? Working in my laboratory on a new theory for identifying bullet markings. New theory says the old one's good enough. Let it be. I need you. It's got to be awful important to get me away from what I'm doing, Bill. You know, someday the fact that I spent this morning working on ballistics may be the reason the murderer died. Never mind about someday. We've got a murderer to find now. Ralph Barton, the millionaire, has been shot to death. Huh? I'm up at his winter lodge now. How soon can you make it? Be there in an hour. And Bill, don't catch the murderer till I get there. I don't want to have made the trip for nothing. Let's stop this stalling. One of you killed Barton. Who did it? In the best detective circles, they say, who done it, Bill? Who done it, he says. Nuts to you, Drew. Now, come on. Which one of you killed Barton? Take it easy, Bill. If it was as simple as that to get a confession, we'd all be out of jobs. Take it easy, he says. A guy gets murdered this morning. I gotta find his murderer, and I should take it easy. It had to be one of these two. We'll find out who killed Barton, Bill. Just let me take over for a minute. Who are you, miss? My name is Joan Holmes. I was Mr. Barton's secretary. He was the kindest man I ever... Yes, yes, I know, Miss Holmes. Now, did you hear the shot? Yes, I did. But I was upstairs in my room, and I didn't dare go downstairs. This lodge is so isolated. There are no neighbors or anybody within five miles. And I was scared, Mr. Stevens. Yes, I can understand that. All right. Now, who are you? I'm Fred Grant. I work for Mr. Barton, too. You see, we... uh, Miss Holmes and I... Came out to the lodge every weekend to bring Mr. Barton reports and receive instructions. I see. Where were you when the shot was fired? Upstairs in my room. When I heard it, I rushed downstairs. Uh-huh. See anybody? See anybody? He says, yeah, eight guys with rifles. You know we couldn't have seen anybody. Nobody could have left the house. Did you see anybody, Mr. Grant? The only thing I saw was the body on the library floor. Uh-huh. Well, aren't there any servants here? Well, not on weekends. Miss Holmes and I help out when we come up. I'm going to take both of them downtown. Tell them why, Drew. As both of you know, it snowed last night. Nobody could have possibly entered this house or left it this morning without leaving footprints in the snow. Well, how does that affect us? Don't you see? There's six inches of snow on the ground. No one could have come into the house without leaving footprints. Oh, I don't know anything about that. All I know is I didn't kill Mr. Barton. Well, somebody did. That's a cinch. 
The fact that there are no prints in the snow proves the murderer is still in this house. There's nobody in this house except these two. One of them did it. I think I can tell you something to help you, Mr. Stevens. Yes, what is it? I know who killed Mr. Barton. He knows who killed Barton, he said. What? Yes, sir, I do. It was a man by... Come on, Bill. That shot came from outside the porch window. I'm coming. Come on. Right out this door. Come on, dear. Now turn on the porch light. Okay, now what? Hmm. This is something. Nobody could have come here, killed Barton, and left without his footprints showing in the snow. Is that right, Bill? Of course not. And what I'd like to know is how somebody could have come from the road to this porch, shot Fred Grant, and escaped within one minute without a sign of a footprint out here right now. Please, Miss Holmes, crying won't help us any. I, I can't help it. Can't help it, she says. A murder committed while me, a homicide detective, is in the room. I'll be back on a beat for this. Will you put down that microscope, Drew? Yeah, sure I will. Finished with it. Well, I've checked, measured, and compared the only two sets of footprints out there, Bill. You know who made them? Two good fairies, I suppose. We made them, Bill. You and I. And they're the only two sets. The murderer must have left a trail of prints. Maybe they're covered up. No, not a chance. I don't like to tell you this, Bill, but there's just no way it could have been done. Fine. But the murderer did it. Well, you may accept this as a distinct surprise, Bill, but so far the murderer has proven himself much smarter than we are. I'll answer the doorbell, too. Be right back. Okay. Now, Miss Holmes, Fred Grant was about to name the murderer of Mr. Barton when he was shot. Do you know whom he was going to name? No, I don't. I don't know anything. Please, Mr. Stevens, don't keep me here in this room. Let me go upstairs. All right, Miss Holmes. Go ahead. Thank you. Call me if you want to question me here. Yes, I will. Thanks. This guy's Donald Harris, Barton's lawyer, Drew. Oh, how do you do? You've heard about Mr. Barton's death? Sergeant Morton just told me. I, I can't How imagine. long have you been Mr. Barton's lawyer, Harris? Two years. Ever since I got out of Colton Law School. Hmm. You're kind of young to be a millionaire's attorney, aren't you? Not so young. I got out of State College when I was 25. Took a couple of extra courses before I decided on law. Mm-hmm. Besides, Mr. Barton believed in... Let's see, how did he phrase it? The enthusiasm of youth as against the complacency of experience. I see. May I ask you why you're here today? Certainly. I have the fiscal year report of Mr. Barton's company with me. We were to go over it today. Is that all? No, uh, stick around, will you, Harris? I may want you later. All right. Uh, by the way, Mr. Stevens... Yeah? Where is Miss Holmes? Oh, she's upstairs in her room. Well, could I go see her? We're pretty good friends. Yes, yeah, sure, sure. Come on up. Thanks very much. Say, Bill, come on outside with me, will you? I want to see that snow again. See the snow again, he says. What for? I don't know yet. Come on. Okay. When we get on the porch, I want you to look around and tell me exactly what you see in the snow. But everything, okay? Sure. Good. Oh, here's the front door. Come on, Bill. I'm coming. Well, I put this porch light on. All right. Now look around. What do you see? What do I see, he says. I see three sets of footprints, which we made. You and I and Harris going from the road to the porch here. And none going away. Oh. Nothing else? Nothing else, he says. Sure, nothing else. Except it's plenty cold. Oh. What about that little hole in the snow halfway to the road? What about it? You think the murderers walked on stilts or had a wooden leg? There's another one near it, and over here, two more holes. I think I know how he got in and out of this house, Bill. You do. 
Tell me. <laughs> Tell me, he says. <laughs> oh, no, Bill. Not yet. Come on, I'm back in. Freezes me out here. He asks me questions, and then he tells me nothing. Oh, stop mumbling and come in here while I make a phone call. Stop mumbling, he says. Drew, I've had enough. What's this all about? Quiet, Bill. Give the number. Oh. Oh, yes, here it is. Uh, operator, give me Hastings 423. Yes, thank you. Now, Bill, hold your horses one more minute. Hello? Hello, this is Drew Stevens, police headquarters. Will you connect me with the sports editor, please? Sports editor? Here we are in the middle of two murders, and you want to talk to the sports editor. Drew, you're crazy. Bill, will you lower your voice? I'm calling about this case. Lower your voice, he says. I'll lower your... Hold Bill. Hello, sports editor. I'd like to know if Colton Law School goes in for athletics. Oh, it doesn't. Well, thanks just to say... Say, wait a minute. How about State College? Oh, State does. Thanks. Put down that telephone, Stevens. What? Don't move, Morton. I shoot straight. You'll know that by now. I said put down that telephone, Stevens. Okay, it's down. So I was on the right track, eh, Harris? Yes. It won't do you any good now. I'll confirm what you surmised. State went in for athletics, and I was on the track team. The star of the team. Don't move, Morton. But that doesn't matter. What does matter is that I'm going to kill both of you. Now. Oh. Good girl, Miss Holmes. You've knocked him cold. Oh, did I? I heard what he was saying, and I tiptoed down and grabbed the first thing I could lay my hands on. You did a first-class job of conking with that vase, Miss Holmes. I'll put a little jewelry on this guy's wrist. And then I want to hear your story, Drew. There. Now, start talking, Drew. I put another bear on you. Okay. <laughs> you see, Bill, it is possible to get across from the road to the house porch without leaving a print in the snow, providing you're athletic. But nobody could have jumped that distance. No. But remember the holes in the snow? Yeah. Four of them. Well, our little playmate made those holes in the snow. He pole vaulted over the lawn and onto the porch, dropped the pole, killed Barton, ran out, grabbed the pole, ran the length of the porch, and pole vaulted back to the road. He did the same thing when he killed Fred Grant. That's what made the four holes. I see. Thought he got away with it, but when he heard you making those phone calls to his college... He... That's it. That's when he knew his masquerade was over. He knew we'd find out he'd been a pole vaulter and that we could imagine the rest. But why should he kill Mr. Barton and Mr. Grant? Well, he killed Barton in all probability because he wasn't able to cover up some phony bookkeeping he had made for stealing Barton's money. He had to shoot or be exposed as a thief. <clears throat> Fred Grant must have suspected that setup and was about to name him. Well, I'll just drag this hawk down to headquarters. I sure had enough excitement for one day. But what are you going to do, Drew? Well, Bill, I'm going to do something really exciting. I've been waiting for weeks to get a new acid at my laboratory, which I think I can use to bring out fingerprints after they've been rubbed off. Tonight I'm getting it. I tell you, Bill, if I get it to work, that's real excitement. This is Andrea J. Graham, author of the Web Surface series. Oh, and a madam's wife. You're listening to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. Welcome back. Well, a couple of interesting cases, and I, I always enjoy that Manhunt manages to make the mystery pretty well complete in the time allotted, though it's uh, can it lead to a bit of rushing. I think particularly at the end when the killer decided to uh, finish off uh, both Andrew Stevens and 
Sergeant Bill Morton at the same time when he was just about to call the university to find out if the guy had been in track. Because there is a big difference between proving that someone was involved in track and field and they may have committed the murder and actually proving that they did. Listening to this episode, Sergeant Bill Morton's uh, overall skepticism about every single thing that's said uh, is uh, definitely a standout feature. In fact, it's uh, more uh, Faraday-esque than Inspector Faraday. In fact, the voices sound really familiar, although the records show that uh, Maurice uh, Toplin uh, voiced uh, Inspector Faraday, and that Roger DeCoven uh, did uh, the voice of uh, Sergeant Morton. So they must just have had really similar sounding voices. And I thought it was hilarious when he chided Andrew Stevens for, you know, doing research to find a new method for identifying evidence. The old method's good enough. Get down here. And though I think there is a bit of a contradiction between the two episodes, just in over, their overall feel. In the first episode, you have uh, Sergeant Morton telling uh, Stevens to get back to his lab uh, and leave the uh, solving the crime to him. And then in this one, you have uh, uh, Sergeant Morton dragging Stevens out of his lab down there to assist with the investigation. So... Yeah, an interesting series, though, and I hope you enjoyed this revisit. Next week, of course, we'll be revisiting something we did a lot more episodes of, uh, Nick Carter. Uh, and then uh, we do now have a listener email from uh, uh, Robert in Nebraska. He writes, I love the podcast. I've been listening since January. I keep up with your current podcast and have been working through the previous one. It really helps to make my shifts at work go faster. However, I've only been able to go back to episode number 2281. I'd eventually like to go all the way back to episode uh, one. I'm also curious to know what other shows you featured in the past. Working my way back to episode uh, one would take care of that. Well, thanks so much for the question, Robert. And you can find a list of the past shows we've done at biglist.greatdetectives.net. I have not updated that since uh, uh, last uh, year's listener support campaign, so I will be updating that with the shows that we have uh, done, as well as the new shows we're going to be doing in the 2018-2019 uh, season. Uh, but uh, yeah, go to biglist.greatdetectives.net, and you can see a good breakdown of all the series we've done, as well as links to listen to the old series. All right, well, that will do it for today. Join us back here tomorrow for Rocky Jordan, and next Tuesday it'll be Nick Carter. In the meantime, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net, follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives, and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.